Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. the NFL trend zone we are coming at you tonight the usual group Wes Johnson Jason Bowen and I'm Dustin Baker we're going to talk about all the NFL uh, this week's topics all right beg your pardon uh, that's what we usually do we cover whatever is on folks's minds for the week the NFL never has a small demand of topics but we're going to talk about Mitchell Trubisky Cliff Kingsbury's extension the Packers GM claiming there's no trade uh, offers even out there for Rodgers Brady Trey Lance stuff we're going to get into all of it that's what we do. But first, foremost, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. <clears throat> Football season over, but basketball season is not. We still have professional and college hoops going on. From the latest odds, totals, player performance prop bets to where that fired head coach might land up, BetOnline is number one spot for all of your favorite sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV believe, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for all the hockey, uh, hockey, excuse me, boxing and UFC stuff from sports right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. We kind of get sucked in on these shows into quarterback happy topics. We're guilty. That's what drives the the NFL is the quarterback hype, the quarterback play quarterback draft class so a lot of these topics will be quarterback heavy and we are not ashamed of it and the first one that i thought was apropos this week was mitchell trubisky because he was the qb2 for the buffalo bills and we are about a month and about two months away from the nfl draft and this draft class is notorious for not being quite as deep or even good and so if you start to see names just dragged into the first round it's because teams are reaching allegedly and at the combine this week a lot of the chatter has been about which team is going to give Mitchell Trubisky a shot and they should be talking about Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson but they're talking about Mitch Trubisky so Jason I want to ask you uh, do you do you, A, do you think that Mitch will get a second shot as a QB1? And B, will he be any good? I think I think yes and yes. Um, yeah, I think about Mitch Trubisky, and over the last six years as a Broncos fan, I've found myself envious of random different teams and random different quarterbacks at random different times. Um, and Mitch Trubisky and the Bears – we're one of those teams and one of those quarterbacks. And I remember vividly, and I think it was during their good, their, what was the the good season that he had? Was that um, 2017, 2018? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember watching him um, and, and he was part of the lead up to, I don't know if it was Monday night football or Sunday night football, you know, at the beginning when they do the, the introductions and they have different segments and snippets from each team kind of, uh, are some of the more better teams in the league anyway. And he was in that 
<laughs> snippet. Yeah. And, and I just, you know, I just remember thinking, man, you know, I, I like what I see in that guy. He kind of, I mean, he looked kind of cool. Um, he kind of looked the part and he didn't look bad. <laughs> um, and, and then you're thinking, and then I thought the same thing about Matt Knight, Matt Nagy too, being a good coach though. And I've, I've, uh, uh, mentioned that a few times on this show. Um, I think that was some proper coaching. I think he does have the tools that he could potentially be. And I know Dustin, I know you, you can't stand Trubisky, but oh, I think, okay. I mean, I think he could be potentially, um, a serviceable quarterback. And I think, I think he'll get a shot and I think it'll be a more of a competition shot. And I don't think he's going to be a, um, uh, an unquestioned starter by any means, but, and, and I think he would deserve it. Um, you know, get it, get him on a, a good coach, a good system and see what he could do. I think so. The reason that you would think that I couldn't stand him is because I got sick of three to four years worth of bears fans telling me he was hot shit because I'd watch him and be like, yeah, he scrambles and gets out of some third downs. And that's the only thing that <laughs> fears me about him. Like he ain't. So it's not like I went to wars over, you know, Trubisky better than blah, blah, blah. But I was never sold on his prowess at all in Chicago and neither were they evidently, but um, I, I do think it'd be cool to see him get an audition. Now. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to amount to much um, mainly because our standards now for quarterbacks are so high and he's yeah. whatever fourth overall pick, whatever he was in the 2017 NFL draft, he's got to live up to that. And kind of, kind of that Mariota itis where, you know, I guess he could be a cool fill in um, QB one. Um, but yeah, I'm anxious to see him get a shot if he goes to some team like the commanders, but here's the deal. He was drafted 2017 and 2018, yeah, he was he was playing pretty well. He had MVP stock for 2019 in gambling odds. But he is the textbook example of a guy in a make-or-break year three who broke. He didn't make it. And I think that because we have that unofficial metric now, um, he was cast off. And they put him in a competition in 2020 with Foles. And wherever Foles goes for about five minutes, he is fabulous. And then it just the shine wears off, kind of like Case Keenum. And um, conveniently, those two were in the NFC Championship in that 2017 season. So, yeah, I think that he got broken fairly or unfairly in the, the third year make or break hype. And, yeah, I think I think he will. I think he will get a shot and they'll, they'll, they'll pair him with something to like, a little competition. Or if it's the commanders, all they would really have would be Heineke and he to, to duke it out. Or I don't know where Fitzpatrick will end up, but we shall see. Wes. Trubisky, is he is he worthy of another audition? Choo choo. <laughs> Welcome aboard, gentlemen. Um, I don't know if you guys recall, but last summer I was having this exact conversation for uh, Trubisky. <laughs> I, I think uh, he will wind up somewhere. He will be uh, given a solid shot to be the QB one uh, wherever he winds up. Uh, I was a year early, um, you know, it didn't happen for him last year. Uh, I think probably just due to the, the sheer volume of, uh, serviceable to good quarterbacks coming out in the draft, mm -hmm. uh, that does not appear to be the case this year. There are a lot of question marks, um, probably will not see a quarterback go in the top five and might not see one go in the top 10, uh, which really doesn't happen all that often. 
um, in the NFL. Uh, Trubisky, as of right now, you know, poses a lot of upside. He uh, he's still young. Um, you know, maybe he didn't get a, a, a fair shake in Chicago. He did have uh, that 2018 season, um, and then faltered. Might be his own fault. Might be you know coaching staff or what was provided uh, around him and uh, schematically. But um, I I think he will he will get an opportunity. Um, the Buffalo general manager he has been on record to say that uh, Trubisky was a professional. Never talked about his the ill of his time in Chicago. And they they absolutely loved him. So, um, yeah, I, I think that he can go to a team. Um, I, I don't know if I were a team that has all the other pieces and wants to contend for uh, playoffs like a, a Denver would be a spot for him. Um, I, I think a team where there's a little less pressure. Um, to perform would probably be better served for him, though. That's probably Washington because all he has probably. to do is battle Heineke, and Heineke doesn't have a strangled job on shit. Detroit but, as well. Yeah. Might be an option. The, the thing yeah. with Trubisky is in his first season, 2017, he threw seven touchdowns, seven picks. The following season, the one we keep talking about, it was a Pro Bowl season, uh, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. So naturally, he was going to jump into – Something in 2019, like 30 touchdowns and 10 picks. But no, it was 17 touchdowns and 10 picks, and he didn't pass the proverbial eye test. So I think with him, Mariota, guys who will come after this podcast, it's the eternal quest for the next Rich Gannon. For some reason, Gannon got really, really good towards his mid, early to mid-30s on. He got better. He was even with the Vikings before that, and he was decent there. So I think that with any of them, Gannon back then was a scrambling quarterback. I mean, wasn't overly fast, but he he took it, tucked it and run. So I think that is the, that's what we'll see for probably forever is that general managers thinking that we can get the next Rich Gannon. What what did what was um uh what was Mitch Trubisky's uh because when he was drafted number was he taken number one. No, I think he was. Was he third, Wes? Let me look it up. I want to say number two. Uh, he second overall, correct? Second overall pick. Yeah. yeah, so I remember that year. That that guy came out of nowhere, right? <laughs> I mean, and it's like you, you didn't even hear about him six months prior to the draft, and then all of a sudden, th- this guy is everywhere. He's almost going to be a number one pick, and then you, that was the year Deshaun Watson had mm-hmm. won the title, and and uh, who else was was Mahomes? It, you know, well, Mahomes. I didn't know much about Mahomes. Shame on me. Um, but I mean, I certainly knew Deshaun Watson. And but this Trubisky guy comes out of it, and he's with he's with Carolina. So it's like, wait a second here. Why is this guy getting so much draft praise? Why was that? Did, did what was he known for exactly? Because even his college numbers weren't great i mean does he have a big arm is he was he accurate what was that guy's measurables or the rave over him from what i remember and then wes correct me if i'm wrong is that his skill set was pro style and directly transferable to the nfl more so than watson or mahomes now mahomes was, was the eternal um i guess 
inflection moment for everybody that, you know, air raid offenses, they had like a Jordan Reed, who is a ESPN draft analyst and a Vikings fan said that Mahomes changed forever, how he evaluated quarterbacks. So, you know, there was that of course, but the way that I recall it is that he came out of nowhere because his skill set was most easily transferable to the NFL. Was that right, Wes? I, I think uh, I remember hearing something along those lines, uh, just looking at his college uh, stats. He didn't become the starter until uh, his junior year. And and then after his junior year, he, he made the jump. So, um, and plus there was this element of the bears trading the farm to get him. And that was kind of a surprise. Like yeah. Trubisky was going to go somewhat high, but it was also the bears dipshittery that was like, yeah, we're going <sighs> to go, we're going to go get him. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, he'd never had like Lawrence hype, but he did claw his way up to the first round uh, draft conversations. And then the bears being the bears. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> We should have known that was going to fail. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's why you got to be paranoid about fields is because there's something about that franchise that outside of Cutler just cannot figure it out at quarterback. And I mean, Cutler in varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. All right. The next topic is the Cardinals in general. Um, Cliff Kingsbury and I believe the general manager were extended. And that was a big deal because he's supposed to be on the damn hot seat because his teams have floundered in the past two seasons down the stretch. And his extension comes on the backdrop of Kyler Murray, not necessarily enthusiastic about the franchise because Kyler wants to get paid. Uh, His agent released a very lengthy statement about his list of demands. It was all polished up and says, he wants to be the quarterback. He wants to bring you a title, but he needs to be paid for it. So, you know, we're two years away from his rookie contract expiring, but he wants the guaranteed money now, or at least guaranteed now, and he'll play out the rest of his rookie deal. So this surprised me a little bit because I really thought Kingsbury was on the hot seat. And I don't know that he is after the extension. Tell me about it, Wes. Yeah, sure. Doesn't sound like it. Um, I don't know if um, ownership viewed, uh, you know, the rash of injuries, the Cardinals experience uh, midseason uh, contributing to them kind of falling off a cliff because they they started hot um, and then they just kind of floundered the rest of the year. So I, I don't know if if they attributed the late season collapse to um, the injuries they sustained or, or what, but um I think from what they had built team-wise, it it looked to be a uh, competent playoff team. Uh, whether or not they could have unseated the Rams or even uh, the 49ers for that matter, I, I don't know if that would have uh, taken place. I think they want to be like the Bucks of basketball. They want to take that big leap, and they're going to keep continuity, hell or high water, to try to do it. But I really think that's what they envision themselves is they they're flashy, they're good, and it's just just accidental happenstance and growing pains over the last two years that they haven't even come close to finishing the job. So I think that they are enthused about keeping the leadership intact. And then they know either they know or they don't about Kyler, and I think they'll ultimately pay him. But I really think that they believe that their stardom is real. 
and it has to be a little bit confirmed if you're going to keep the, the head coach and GM in the saddle for longer. Jason, what do you think on the Cardinals? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just kind of looking at it right now as well. 2027 is the extension <laughs> through 2027 that I can't even reiterate much more than what you guys have said. I mean, I, I could have swore that, you know, may, maybe we've just been looking at it all wrong. Maybe they're <laughs> certain about Kingsbury and uncertain about Murray. And I would think that that would be maybe the opposite, but I have alluded on the show a few times that I don't, I don't necessarily buy the Kyler hype as much as most people do. Um, but to extend the coach and GM through that period of time, just to extend them at all, really, but then let alone seven more years or six more years or whatever that is. Um, five more years, I guess. No, it's, six, it, it's six seasons, six seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And interrupt for just a second and talk about Nord VPN N O R D. What's more important than peace of mind, nothing. And that's what Nord VPN is here for to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all of these threats that are out there that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering fast connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With Nord's VPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $400 per month. So grab at your exclusive NordVPN deal by using nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code B-L-E-A-V, that's believe, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, NordVPN. That, that leads me to believe that they are sold on Kingsbury, obviously, and the GM. Um, obviously, the GM can w- has proven that he can bring in the right pieces and assuming health, I mean, can be quite a productive squad. But how much of that, how much of that winning when they were winning was attributed to Kyler? I, I don't know. I guess I don't I don't know. And how much of the losing was also attributed to Kyler? Um, it's hard saying. I mean, I don't know how they view him. Well, they they were pretty damn good. I've talked about it twice on the show when we uh, West were eating pizza in Minneapolis, and we looked up, and the Rams were getting their ass beat by the Cardinals. Yeah, they did. They had some great wins. They I mean, did. they did. They did real well. Um, yeah, and they had like three seasons in one. They they <laughs> they were the, supposed to take the next step in the preseason, and then they did, and they looked like they were the best team in football through about six seven weeks. I think they were undefeated. And it was who's going to beat these Cardinals. Yep. And, <laughs> and then they came back to earth and then they, in the playoffs, it was mortifying. And I don't know. It's just, it's surprising to me. Well, I think here's the deal on a head coach. So if like Gruden is an example, like, you know, his emails came out and they fired him and he had a 10 year deal and they fired him after what, four or five years. Um, so I think with coaches, you know, that commitment is symbolic. And if think the wheels come off in the next two or three seasons, all quote in quote, they have to do is swallow a bunch of money and it's not going to hit up against the cap or anything where if you invested that in a player, then you have to deal with the contract thereafter. So basically the owners are, you know, making the commitment saying, here's, here's a bunch of time. But if Kingsbury indeed isn't, isn't it, 
then they can get rid of him with just a financial penalty of their own. So, yeah. And you're, and you're right. And, and they were, they were good. This they, were, year. I mean, they, yeah. they, they didn't just get to that record by beating, uh, you know, bad teams. I mean, they were walking all over great teams. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They, they didn't know it at the time and nor should they, but their season really ended emotionally when they lost to the Packers. Um, they, there was some weird shit that happened. And of course it benefited the Packers. And in that same game, like down the stretch, Murray got hurt. And then so did Hopkins. And we didn't know at the time, cause it just looked like a sprained ankle, but Murray would be gone for a month and Hopkins tried to come back once or twice. And we know about that because of fantasy football and it didn't quite work out. So, I think that we were, you know, anti Murray down the stretch of a season when last year, I, maybe he came back and he was playing hurt because they were, you know, absolutely fabulous for about a month and a half. Yep. And I think that's the vision. They might has to be the vision that they're going to get back there. They just had, you know, bad luck, but this is the same thing we were saying last year at this time, they had the hail Murray against the bills in 2020. And they looked like, oh, my goodness, these guys are for real. And after that, they systemically fell back to earth. And so two years in a row, they've done the same thing. After a big, big game in primetime or semi-prime time, they crumbled. Yeah, and you could you could attribute that to how much of a, of the mental aspect had to have gone into it yeah. too, because you know, especially when you lose your your star quarterback, star receiver, and then collectively as a team, I mean, yeah, you always want us as fans, we should say, oh, you should be able to rise above that. You're professionals, but you have to imagine that it creeped up in their head, and this, oh my God, here we go again. Um, it's tough. Yeah, and especially when the two best players on the team, bar none, are just gone for a month. Yeah. And they, and then, I mean, did Kyler or did Hopkins ever come back? Mm. No, besides trying to gut it out for a quarter or two. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's a big goddamn deal when you lose DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. So, I mean, if you're searching for answers, like why did this team collapse? Well, it's probably because they lost their two best players. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no mystery there. All right, let's talk about, so here's always an interesting off-season topic. It's pretty cliche. In the NFL, there's always a lot of turnover between playoff teams. So that means, uh, Wes, you had a stat last year. I don't remember what it was. But there's a percentage of teams from the playoffs the year before that do not make it back. And it's pretty hefty. I think it's like half or something. Yeah, about 50%. Yeah, and that's wild. That, that shows how the salary cap really does the thing in the NFL, makes it so there's parity. So I want to know from you guys, I got a list of four um, teams that you are fairly confident made the postseason this year, but they ain't coming back to the postseason next year. And this is before you see any drafts or any roster. I don't know if you want to, Jason, you want to name me a team or two that you are pretty certain got lucky and aren't going to go back this next season? Well, I mean, man, you could, I, last week I said that the, that the Bengals are going to be a force to reckon with, but you could be play devil's advocate there and say it's them. Yeah. I mean, well, teams that reach the Super Bowl and lose historically don't fare well. No, they don't. No, and and uh, so, but I, I mean, I, I love Burrow. I, I love what he's doing over there, and I think if they just get a couple more pieces to shore up that line, I think they're going to be back in it. So I'd like to say them, but at the same time, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Cowboys. Um, I, the Cowboys have to get into this, into the playoffs though. Right. Because look at that division, (laughs) but uh, you know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it's them, it it just wouldn't. Um, 
So I, I would, I would go with those guys and, 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 and the Raiders, yeah. the Raiders aren't going <laughs> back. Uh, they'll, they'll digress under Josh McDaniels, I would imagine. Um, and then they all, they also went and hired, uh, the Broncos special teams coordinator, which we've been clamming to get rid of that guy for three years. <laughs> I mean, McDaniels brings him in and he, that was celebrated in Denver. So, um, I don't think the Raiders get back, um, in the NFC. Gosh, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. With, uh, with the Cowboys, so they're not on my list. I think that they're structurally sound. They got about a year or two left of Ezekiel Elliott's big contract, and then they can cut him loose and start fresh with the, the Super Bowl winning model of the Broncos have done for three decades of underpaying the running back, blah, blah, blah. But the thing that uh, with Prescott, so I, I'm notoriously high on Prescott as a quarterback. I've, I've said on here before that if the Vikings traded for him, I'd be ecstatic because I really do think that he has the, the tool set to be awesome. But I always get a kick out of the fact that we kind of treat him like he's still like one of the young quarterbacks that, you know, big and sexy thing. But this dude is going into his seventh NFL season and a full time starter most of the way outside of injury in 2020. So I think that his metric or the way that we evaluate him needs to be a lot higher now because he's got this huge leash. He was drafted in 2016, immediately seized the job from uh, injured Tony Romo. And now we're flash forward into 2022 and this is going to be a seventh year, but it still, it still feels like year three or year four for Prescott. And it's not, it does. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's because he looks young. That's the only thing I can make of it. Yeah. To say how old this guy is, is that he took over for Tony Romo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not that, I mean, not that, uh, you know, he needs to get to the Super Bowl immediately, but they really need to, be a serious contender, especially with him handsomely paid. And he's going to be 29 by the time the season starts. And that's usually when you start looking around saying, is this dude ever actually going to win anything? And we don't do that yet for Prescott. Yeah. Especially for a dude who's making 50 million or whatever, 40 million. Very true. And they have surrounded him with mammoth amounts of talent on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. They, they rebuilt the defense in a single off season, which was awesome. A blueprint for how every team should do it when they have one of those poorest years on one side of the ball. But yeah, I just think that he needs to be held accountable. And I mean, it's tough to do because he just got a big contract, but he, at least in terms of how he's viewed by the media, he needs to start winning because it's, he's going to be 30 years old. He's gotten taken no heat. Yeah, and what you just said, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, but you said they need to be a serious contender. I yeah. thought they were I thought they were that this year. Yeah, yeah, to me I think you have to get to the conference championship um at least one of these times to get your name in the mix for one of the yeah. one of the good guy quarterbacks and Absolutely. not and and then, and plus the fact that the final play of that playoff game he was directly culpable you know, being part of the play call and not getting down in time, but here nor there. All right, Wes. So Jason had potentially the Bengals because of the Super Bowl um, jinx, Super Bowl runner up jinx. And then the Raiders and the Cowboys, who do you got? Uh, Looking ahead to the 2022 matchups. It looks like um, a few of these divisions are going to have pretty tough go of it the uh, nfc west and the afc west they will uh showdown against each other um 
I don't believe that three teams come out of the NFC West this year. Uh, so it's kind of a take your pick of uh, 49ers, Rams, or Cardinals. Uh, I would probably lean Cardinals again, just based on, you know, what happened towards the end of last year. Um, I'll say Cardinals. I'll say the Buccaneers. Uh, no Tom Brady, so that division becomes wide open. Maybe this is the year that the Falcons finally put it together. <laughs> um, the Eagles, uh, I believe, will be uh, usurped by um, either somebody in their division or um, you know maybe a, a Minnesota or. Um, potentially another team from maybe the NFC West or the South. Um, that is, those are my NFC teams. Uh, the Steelers for sure. Um, the AFC North also has a, a tough go of it. Um, so I would say the Steelers. Um, I will throw a wild card in there and go with um the patriots and then the aforementioned uh, afc west i just think the the matchups that they have um two teams will probably come out of there um uh, and it probably won't be the raiders is is one of those two I have got everything you everything you guys said was everything I have you guys accounted for. So I had the Bucks because they're going to have uh, the inverse of what happened last year when they set the record for most returning players. Now they're going to have an exodus because that was always going to happen, and they're not going to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. So they're going to have to figure it out. So it's going to feel like the Jameis Bucks from two or three years ago. So the Bucks, I have the Eagles as well, um, chiefly because I think they overachieved and they really let me down in that playoff game. I thought they were better than they were, and it, it showed to me that they're not as structurally sound as I thought. Raiders, I'm 100% on. It feels like that they, the way that they do things, that they can threaten a playoff appearance every other year. And then even the fact that they got in was like uh, a mini miracle with the lack of the tie and um, all the credit to them. They overcame adversity and they deserve to be there, but I don't think they have a ticket stamp there. And then the Steelers, and that's only because of the quarterback. Roethlisberger kept held down that job for 16 seasons. I think that's what it ended up being. It was 18 seasons. It was 18 seasons. So this is the time, and especially with a weird quarterback draft class, where in theory, if they were going to stay in that seven and nine, I guess it's eight and nine now rut, this would be the type of year that whoever they get Malik Willis, if they get Garoppolo, blah, 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 that this would be the type of year where they pay the piper a little bit for 18 seasons of great quarterback play. And what was it? Realistically, 16 of them were, were damn good. So yeah, I think we got, we have some, some common ground there. The next topic that we have, let's see, I got a big cool list here is the Packers stuff. And the, like, we don't have to rehash the whole Rogers saga <laughs> at the combine. The Packers general manager was asked, you know, are you getting trade offers for Rodgers and what are they looking like? Something to that effect. And he said, nobody, nobody's calling. And I want to know, do we think that's bullshit? <laughs> do we really? Because we, we on this show three weeks ago, we laughed about how the Broncos were calling, but nobody was answering the phone. 
So somebody's not telling the truth. And I want to know, Wes, or let's start with Jason on this one. Do you think it's true that nobody has reached out to say, hey, what's the price tag? Of course, I don't think that's true. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) the only question I have is how many teams have. Um, You know, I got to I got to believe that that Denver has for sure. And I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of teams that I would imagine would be making that call. Um, But to say no. And then the way he said it, too. Nope, not one. (laughs) So that, that that last part of what he said when he said not one led me to believe that that was sarcasm. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, don't, I, I believe that there's been quite a few that have reached out. And, and in terms of them not answering the call, I, I don't know if that was the same uh, newspaper clipping from last year because that was circulating last year when they just weren't returning calls. But if that's actually happening again this year, that's, that's, it's mind-blowing to me what's happening over there. Yes, this is the time of the year when – Usually, if you're general manager, you want to drive the stock, trade stock of your quarterback through the moon and say something to the effect of, you know, we love him. We're not, we don't plan on trading this guy. Um, Or if you're asked that question, all you have to say is like, yeah, there's, there's some nibblers out there. But instead, it's like he wanted to keep the contract value low and say, like, no, nobody wants him. No, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) no, he doesn't have any uh, bargaining chips here. Nobody cares. Nobody wants him. And, I mean, and nobody believes that. Wes, do you believe that? Sure, I do. Nobody's called for Aaron Rodgers and his long hair. <laughs> Go ahead, give me a call right now. <laughs> oh, Hi, this man. is the the Packers GM. Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback for 2020. How can I help you? What kind of deal you want to make today? Yeah, you, you, he's taken right off the table. I mean, I'm sure a lot of these GMs know that he. He's most likely going to waiver, extend this out for as long as he can so that he's, you know, number one in the public eye during the offseason. And then interrupt one more time. I got Athletic Greens. That's our final sponsor. Tons of people are taking multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75% of high quality, um, excuse me, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend contains a lot of this stuff uh, and it supports this stuff. Gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and of course, the aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletics Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements don't have to be evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These are products that are not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure, prevent any disease. Just so you know, Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. You know, he's going to come back and and be all, yeah, let, let's do this again. Packer Nation, go Pack Go, all, all the bullshit that he's going to say. Um, yep, everybody's going to. The, the people that love them are going to love them and the people that don't like them are going to hate them. So, I mean, it, it's just, it's 
nature taking its natural cause <laughs> doing you know whatever it, it normally does so i i'm not believing any of this um you know rogers will be a uh green bay packer next year and he'll probably uh cap them out uh for the foreseeable future uh with you know voidable years and what what have you the one thing I find very interesting is, though, that Gutenkutz and and they all, neither one of them have came out and said, look, he's our quarterback. We're not trading him. Nobody has said that. Oh, like they, they, they did last year, but they haven't said that this year. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think I think they. So last year they had to learn a lesson and respect about Rodgers because otherwise he'll drag the bitch out for three months. Right. And so I think the fact they don't come out and say that is some um, deference to Rogers to say, you know, you got you got some power here. You know, this is what you wanted all along. Um, so, yeah, I, I think left up to them, then they would say that. But I don't think they want to piss Rogers off again because we spent all summer, you know, <laughs> doing the what that could be. Yeah. And, and right. they they can't afford time is of the essence. They have to know if he's committed when free agency strikes, because otherwise you have to operate with two scenarios that, okay, he'll be back for 45 million or he'll be traded to the Broncos and we get a bunch of draft picks. And it's a complete limbo at the worst time on the calendar because free agency is to enhance your team with veteran players. And if you've got some guy who's complete hostage situation, yeah, it's horrible. And I don't know why, what human characteristic besides whatever Trump has, like, why would you like to do this? Like, <laughs> why do you want to be a villain to some people and then just cliffhanging with everybody else? Like, what, like, what do, do you the think? Thrill? Do you think he knows what he's going to do? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, he, he probably took however many days or weeks to decompress the loss because it happens every January they lose when they thought they were going to win. So the feeling probably sucks. Last year it came to a head and said, I want the hell out of here. And they said, no, nah, I'll come back. And he's like, fine, we'll do it again. But I, he, there's, he has to know you can't waffle about this. I mean, really it should be, you know, two nights, you sit down, you do your cleanse. You're like, what do I want to do? Do I want to change? Do I want to stay where I'm at? It doesn't need to take this long. Most people think that he's that he's staying in Green Bay yeah. because he's, it's taking. I, I honestly don't. I don't think so. I, I honestly think he's out of there. Um, and uh, and I'm going completely against the grain and what most people are are thinking and leaning towards. But um, I honestly don't think. I think I think he's gone. I think he's gone. But why would you want to do this, this limbo stuff? Like, what is it that's like, <laughs> everybody's going to be talking about me for two pay, weeks. Pay back to the Packers. Well, I'm that, now that is a characteristic that I want. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think that that's going to be the case. I mean, if he, if, he, if he was committed to the Packers organization, he would be committed to the Packers organization. I mean, he wasn't committed to him last year. I mean, we saw what happened. Um, you know, things don't change no matter what he said during the regular season when they were winning games. I mean, yeah, he potentially likes his coach. And yeah, you know, there's probably some things that he likes there. But at the same time, he lost Tom Brady. And he saw what Tom Brady did by going mm -hmm. to a, a team with fresh young weapons. And, and assuming that winning is something that he wants, um, 
you know, I, I think I think a fresh start is what he's looking for. I mean, he just did a cleanse for Christ's sakes. I mean, he's looking for he's looking for a fresh start. He's not going back to Green Bay. I'm gonna I'm gonna book it right now. There's one reason. Uh, there's chiefly one reason that I would agree with that in the the evidence to support him either retiring or being or asking for a trade is that more often than not in regular season games he was oddly contemplative like after games whatever he'd stare out the crowd and then he'd tell his locker room like enjoy these moments with all of your heart like it was like a retirement tour that he imposed on himself that thinking this could be the last ride whether it's with this team or with these players and to my knowledge he never really did that before like he seemed like a guy that knew that all right this is probably the last ride i don't need to tell the media but you know just reminiscing like you would anything else in your life if you knew yeah. that your final days of something that's been a part of your life for jesus for since 2005 that's where i would say if i was heavy in the he's going to want a trade camp is that that's why he was being so you know emotional and re- reflecting on each game yeah. yeah well and if he is as is uh ego driven, which we all know that he is probably to a certain degree, just like any quarterback, him maybe more so than others. Um, you gotta have to think that man, him thinking, man, I, I want to go be loved somewhere else too, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. He says you see what other quarterbacks have done with Manning and with uh Brady and you know, some others. Yeah, so. I mean Favre was so close with the Vikings. Yeah, and, Favre, and he he should have been based on stupid, um, you know, way the ball bounced. He was so damn close to doing it himself too. So there's certainly a blueprint to do it. <clears throat> and then I mean the one with Manning was just incredible. I mean it was like he was better with Denver after neck <laughs> surgery than he ever was with the Colts. It was just like mind-boggling, <laughs> prolific passing. <laughs> I know it was, it was ridiculous. Oh, I swear. I swear that season, that gaudy ass stat line that he had, that really kickstarted the pass heaviness that we see now. It did. It did. Yeah. And to think that was nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really think that the trickle down effect of how often offensive coordinators do things. I think they looked at that and said, man, if we can, if we can do that with that play calling. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Cause it was incredible. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about we, we referenced Brady and we got two more topics tonight. The first one is Brady. The next one is Trey Lance. But on Brady, Wes, uh, I don't have him pegged in one iota. And maybe you do as this Farvian or this Rogers type or just Jordan-esque where he's going to un, unretire. I don't think that I think he knows that that's a little weird. And plus, he's all, he's going to be 45. So he doesn't have a whole lot of wiggle room. Um, I think he's retired. I think he's the type of dude that recognizes that. His legacy is fine, and once I make a decision, I'm sticking to it. Am I wrong? You might be. You might be. Um, I well, in my heart of hearts, I, I believe that he is done. He is retired. Um, you know that door isn't officially closed. Um, hence why uh, Bruce Arians and uh, was it Jason Litch in Tampa um, or whoever the GM is uh, haven't officially closed the door on it. Um, What's interesting about all of this um, was it Ali Marpet. He, Mm -hmm. uh, he retired. He was 28 years old. Um, So that's early retirement for him. Uh, One name that we haven't heard yet, which, I would have 
expected to hear shortly thereafter Tom retiring would be uh, Gronk. Um, with Gronk not retiring, that to me leaves the door open for a return. Um, obviously, you know, is completely up to Tom, and you know, maybe um, towards the end of the offseason, that type of decision is made. Uh, what will be interesting is uh, if Chris Godwin signs elsewhere in free agency, uh, I, w- I would have to think that he would come back and resign if he knew uh, for a fact that Tom would be returning for even a year. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you an example. We talked to, you talked about briefly, Ali Marpet calling it quits and, you know, us not savants of Tampa Bay football. We're like, Oh, good offensive lineman. That's, that's weird. He's retiring. He's pretty young. Um, can you guess the Vikings player that would be the age equivalent off the top uh, of your head? Ryan O'Neill's younger um, age equivalent, I would say. Oh, man. Uh, Kendricks? Close. He's he's a little that could work too because he's a little yeah. bit older. He's going to be 30. But in terms of Marpet, his impact on the Bucks. Um, this would be akin to a notification to your smartphone that says Daniil Hunter retires. Mm. That's how it would feel. So, yeah. you know, for the Tampa fans who are probably like, what? And we're like, oh, some guy named Marpet is retiring. Um, in terms of the age, Daniel Hunter is going to be 28 this season. It would be akin to Hunter hanging it up. That's how weird it would be. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason. So give us the Brady speech. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I don't think he has, I mean, I guess I didn't hear a whole heck of a lot about it, but uh, no, he he's not coming back. I mean, I can't see that happening. <laughs> For all the reasons that you mentioned, Dustin, I don't have anything to, to add to that. Brady seems like a, a different co- kind of cat than, than Rogers. Brady doesn't need the attention. He commands it. He knows he's got it. His his resume and his legacy and everything is cemented in stone. He doesn't need anything else. And I thought, I thought it was aside from riding off into the sunset, which he kind of did, right? He kind of mm-hmm. did. Um, I thought it was a perfect way for him to retire that close to mm-hmm. one more comeback. Yeah. But yeah. then he's just like, yeah, I'm done. But he actually did orchestrate. That he that he did orchestrate, and it was almost identical to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then he he came up a little bit short, but um, I think I thought that that was perfect. Um, so I think he thought thinks that too, and I don't think there's any reason he'd come back for anything. Uh, the reason, and I'll just reiterate, I believe Tom Brady is self aware, and he realizes that unretiring and going to the Dolphins. Or some weird shit like that. You know, it's if you really got the itch, I suppose, but I think he's significantly more self-aware than Rogers. Yeah. And Far yeah. ever was. And it's just hilarious. And I'll say it till I'm blue in the face that the exact same thing that happened with Favre is now happening to Rogers. It's absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. yeah. All right. Our last topic of the night, Jason, is the seamlessness by which Trey Lance can become the quarterback. One of the San Francisco 49ers. He was traded for a King's ransom to be their signal caller. Um, the Niners got all the way to the NFC championship with Jimmy Garoppolo 
who all he does is win. Like he's he's yeah. like, yep, he he wins, he wins all the time. He came from the Belichick tree, and somehow he most fans are like, he's decent, and they they don't really want him as their starter unless they have to. So I want to know the Niners are are structurally built to succeed. Their coach is wonderful. Is dropping Lance in there, which they kind of have to do because they paid you know all that draft capital for him. Is it going to be seamless? Are we going to be like, boom, all of a sudden the Niners are four and one. And it's the beginning of October. I, I wish I had a good answer for this. I really do. And there's, they're in such a weird uh, posi- predicament they find themselves in because yeah, Jimmy G, all he does is win. Um, when you've had him healthy for full seasons, you have gotten to the Super Bowl and almost to the Super Bowl. And how much of that is attributed to him is is anyone's guess. That could be debated until the cows come home. But it 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 doesn't take away the fact that yeah, they're coached well. They they got a well ran team with uh, George uh, Lynch over there calling the shots. Um, and then they vet, invested all that capital in this quarterback who didn't even play that season prior, <laughs> um, which is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And then what they did with him this year, what did they run him out there? Like the first game or something mm-hmm. for like a series or, or something. And, and, uh, and you didn't see a whole heck of a lot with him. And then you're like, well, geez, what now, what do we do with Jimmy G? Because they can't unconvince themselves of what he's been able to accomplish there. And then you got all these other teams that are like my team floundering for the quarterback. And you're like, well, what about him? I mean, why, why wouldn't we want to take, I mean, look at his resume. It's, yeah. it's, uh, God, it's a tough choice. I, I don't know. I don't think it can be as seamless as, as one would hope it would be. I don't think it's going to be as seamless as the Niners hope it will be. Okay. I think with Garoppolo, the, it depends on what your standard is as the franchise. So the Niners have got to the precipice, <laughs> one bad throw from Garoppolo and they lose the Super Bowl. And then they have a down year, and then they get back to a interception drop away from a Super Bowl. So now their standard is, is it, it's it's not cool to get there anymore. So we want to do the young quarterback thing, and that's their their state of play. But like with the Jets, you know, the Jaguars, you and if they if, if you somehow knew that Garoppolo would get you to the AFC Championship, you would say hell yes, give me Garoppolo. But they're not built to do that. So. It's it's what your franchise expects. Do you just want to reach the playoffs? Well, the Niners can do that for the rest of Garoppolo's career. But if he can't make that throw to Emmanuel Sanders, and that is now the the standard for the franchise because you want to win one of the damn things, then you got to try something different. I think that's what they're doing with Lance. West San Francisco, um, <clears throat> that's where you live, and Lance will probably be the dude. Do you think it will be a seamless transition? I think so. I think somewhat. I mean, there's going to be growing pains for. Um, I, I'm going to call him a rookie quarterback because he hasn't really gotten his feet wet. Um, and then, you know, the divisional matchups that they're going up against the uh, NFC South and the uh, AFC West, uh, not an easy go of it. Uh, they also have uh, home games versus the Dolphins and uh, Washington football team or Washington commanders um, and an extra road game against the uh, Bears. Um, it, 
not an overall daunting schedule ahead for them. Um, and I, I'm pretty certain that some of the framework was put into place this past season, um, which is also a good indication for uh, Tua with Mike McDaniel in um, Miami. Um, I think that Shanahan had kind of schemed and drew up uh, offense um, and started to teach Trey Lance an offense that would benefit him this year or this past year so that coming into this season, um, the knowledge would be, you know, they'd move on from Jimmy G and insert Lance in and, you know, hopefully hit the ground running without much of uh, a hitch. So I, I think that the way they're doing it is to set Lance up for success. And I'm, I'm sure if Lance isn't a hundred percent ready, they will curtail the, the playbook to his strengths so that, you know, he, he can get off to a good start and start to gain that confidence that uh, quarterbacks need. I think the only way that it will be seamless is because the measuring stick that Garoppolo set isn't crazy high. You just got to be, you got to be pretty good. And then that machine ticks. So because Lance is paired with Shanahan and because presumably Shanahan said, get me that guy and we're going to win. I trust Shanahan. And that's why I think that they should have, they should have switched to him last year in my, or my opinion, when, when Garoppolo was just doing decent. And I think that the system there is so good that if they identified Lance as the guy that can make it tick, then I trust him to do it. And like, like you said, there's going to be growing pains, but the guy's only 21 years old. He turns 22 in May Lance. That is, I think that they'll toss him in there and then you'll say, okay, well, yeah, he's, he's raw. He's a little bit raw, but the way that the play calling, just like you said, Wes, I think Shanahan will maximize it and boom, within two, three years, he'll blossom into probably the role that gets them even closer, but always remember they got to a Super Bowl and then damn close this year with a guy who's pretty decent. And that, if you can be a little bit better than that, which is the goal, you're probably going to get to the big dance. I think, I think one thing too, and I, and I do agree with, with, with what you guys just said too, with, with Lance and he's in good hands. We'll mm-hmm. just say that he's yep. in real good hands there. And, uh, I, I'm not a hundred percent certain of what his biggest qualities are just because of that year that, that last year's draft. I mean, that was, that was coming off the COVID year. Uh, and, and like I said, Lance didn't even play. I mean, he's got, he, he looks like, like a badass. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what he's, what he was well known for when he did play. Um, if it was more scrambling or if it was more uh pocket presence or just, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, but one thing that can't be understated though, is the 49. That's not, that's God. And it's, isn't that so weird? I think so. I don't even know what it was. I mean, you know, Wes, you're, you guys are stat guys, but I'd love to see what the Niners record is without him since they've had him. Cause they've been without him quite a bit. I don't think it's very good because, because right. Shanahan's record is, is very, low compared to his reputation yeah and it's not like though when he was out that they had putrid quarterback play either because you know you you, we had Mullins and Mm -hmm. and uh, those guys that came in and did a serviceable job but they just they they didn't win 
<laughs> which is which is a really mind blowing uh, kind of thing with Garoppolo. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I, sh- I shouldn't say I never thought about that, um, but it is in a, in a, a direct contrast to what I just said. It it makes sense because without Garoppolo, they missed the playoffs. With Garoppolo, they get the Super Bowl. Almost get there again. Yeah, it's so weird. And it, it, even it, even it, it, that all started with the Patriots. Yeah, <laughs> they could do didn't lose. <laughs> That's correct. I mean, remember the first, guy's first thirteen games, the first five with the Patriots, and then he goes to San Francisco. Got him started his career thirteen and all. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's got a nice cushion for that quarterback record. All right. Well, the last thing I'll say about Lance is just a, just a little factoid before we get off air is that it's a little weird and it's not no fault of his own. He really hasn't been a starter of football games since 2019. Is that weird because of COVID because of yep. kind of a red shirt year this year, even though he scored on the opening drive, it's like he hasn't been that dude since 2019. And depending on how you look at that seems like yesterday or it could feel like eons ago. Well, yeah, and at his age, that yeah. that has to feel like eons ago for him. Yeah, oh, I mean, right. going from age nineteen to twenty-one. <laughs> remember, <laughs> remember how long that that period took. <laughs> oh my! We were built a little different, little little raunchier, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, geez, God, nineteen to twenty-one was like was like ten years today. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, uh, Jason, we'll see you this weekend, sir. We're going to have some steak together. Nice. And, uh, Wes, we got to start putting together. Our wives got to chat about this Hawaii trip, sir. That's right. All right. That's all we got for tonight. And we'll be back with the topics next week. And peace. All right. All right, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.